0: Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPEL. Use the KPEL app chat to let your voice be heard on the show, or you can call in 232-1542. There is so much news we need to get into today. The big news, of course, coming from the house where Kevin McCarthy has authorized the Uh, beginnings of an impeachment inquiry. Now, you need to know this isn't the beginnings of the impeachment process. This isn't the articles of impeachment. it's, It's not going to go to a vote of the House. An impeachment inquiry means that the Speaker has authorized committees in the House to begin digging deeper. Now, the reason this is significant is that when you're investigating the president, the executive branch can pull executive privilege. And most of the time, Congress is not going to be able to get around that. But impeachment is different. Impeachment inquiries allow more investigative tools, more subpoena tools that weren't available before. So that means that executive privilege is a tougher fight for the administration. Not saying the House will get everything they want, but it will be a longer fight. However, this maneuver by Kevin McCarthy is not what it seems. We need to talk about this. You heard Matt Gates on Sean Hannity's show. Kevin McCarthy is doing two things here. And you need to understand it's not quite honest on his part. It, it scratches the itch for conservatives. A lot of you, I know, are happy that the impeachment inquiry proceedings are beginning. But you need to understand McCarthy's doing this to placate you and placate conservatives in the House. Here's what's happening. You heard Gates. There are conservatives who want to challenge McCarthy from his right. McCarthy is not living up to all the promises he made to the House Freedom Caucus and others. And conservatives are getting frustrated. They are particularly getting frustrated with the spending bill, the impending spending bill, the upcoming government shutdown if a spending bill doesn't get passed. Here's what McCarthy's doing. The conservatives that want impeachment, they want to go after Joe Biden because they say Joe Biden is corrupt and because they do want to get Biden and the Democrats back for the impeachment of Donald Trump. They want this. They want impeachment badly. And they want to get their colleagues on the record. They want to know who's not in support of this, because some of those will absolutely go and call out their colleagues and they will go and make life difficult for those colleagues, try to push them further to the right or find a challenger. So McCarthy's trying to help himself from his right, try to defend himself from his right by placating a lot of conservatives, opening up impeachment inquiries, allow him to do that. Conservatives can start digging deeper. The other thing McCarthy is doing is ensuring the spending bill gets passed. And you need to understand this. I want nothing more than for the executive branch to be shut down in a government shutdown, because that's what happens. Congress doesn't get shut down. Congress continues to get paid. Congress is still open for business, primarily so they can pass spending bills. But the executive branch, pretty much as a whole, with the exception of the president's office, gets shut down. They don't get any money. Now, the Democrats, when they're in charge and there's a government shutdown, they shut down everything they can to make it as obvious and as painful as possible to get the Americans on their side, get American voters on their side and say, this is stupid, this is dangerous, Republicans shouldn't be doing this. They try to make it as painful as possible because, again, government is the almighty savior for the Democrats. In a government shutdown... You can't subpoena the executive branch, which is what conservatives have to do, what Republicans have to do to continue investigating Joe Biden. You can't investigate the executive branch if there's no branch to send letters requesting information to. Like what James Comer did today. James Comer sent a letter to Anthony Blinken, secretary of state office asking for records from when Joe Biden was vice president, asking for all transcripts, calls, communications, emails, everything, trying to figure out just the level of involvement in Joe Biden getting Victor uh, Shokin fired as prosecutor in Ukraine. They sent that out, made that public today. If the government is shut down, Comer can't do that. Comer can't expect those files. Comer can't even get a letter sent over there Because of a government shutdown, nobody's there to read it. Nobody's going to answer the letter. Nobody's going to get him the records he wants. So how do you keep conservatives from shutting down the government? You make sure that they have all the power they need to investigate the executive branch. Therefore, they can't close down the executive branch. It's a very shrewd political move by Kevin McCarthy, one that placates his right. Matt Gates some of the others pushing McCarthy hard trying to push him to the right or get him out of the way. You will notice that Marjorie Taylor Greene is standing kind of opposite Matt Gates on this. Marjorie Taylor Greene has kind of ingratiated herself with Kevin McCarthy and his leadership team. She has moved kind of into the establishment, frankly. She has been given power, given access she has made the calculation that if she wants to get what she wants done, she needs to be on Kevin McCarthy's side, and she needs McCarthy on her side. But Matt Gaetz is not beholden to Kevin McCarthy. So Matt Gates is out there saying, this isn't enough. This isn't right. We need to be doing something else. There will be conservatives who are screaming about the fact that the government shutdown can't happen. They have to pass and an absolute monstrosity of a spending bill that the House is going to force it through because conservatives are going to, as part of basically a deal that was cut, conservatives will be voting for this monstrosity. There will be people who are upset with that. Now, all of that said, I go back to what I said about impeachment a while ago. I'm not sure that rushing into impeachment is a good idea. You get one shot and you don't have the numbers for it. Mathematically speaking, it's a very long shot. And I know what Hannity, I know what Bongino, I know what others have said. They want everybody on the record who votes for it, who votes against it, get them on the record. The problem is the record doesn't really help you. The record just shows you how you're going to fight amongst yourselves. And yes, Republicans do need to get rid of the rhinos. Conservatives need to get rid of the rhinos. But here's the thing. I go back to the beginning of the show, the beginning of this little monologue. This isn't impeachment. This isn't a vote on articles of impeachment. This This is an impeachment inquiry. It means the investigative and subpoena powers of the House have gone up. Utilize that... To flood the zone. Utilize these tools to continue to throw out as much information, as much negative coverage, everything you can, because it's starting to bleed through. Democrat voters are starting to distrust Joe Biden. They think he's too old. They're not sure that he's capable of leading the nation and Your moderate and independent voters are starting to think, yeah, there's some impropriety there. Hunter did something wrong and Joe Biden's not handling it correctly. He may have actually done something immoral or illegal when he was vice president. The polling numbers are now showing this and it has the White House freaked out. That's bad news for Democrats. So if you continue to flood the zone with all this and the American people get more exposure to it, the media has to cover an impeachment inquiry. They have to cover all of the things that Republicans are saying, even though the media is spinning it, saying they've produced no evidence, this, that or the other. Everything they report that the Republicans do put out there, that just plants the seed of doubt in voters' minds. That's very important. Very, very important to try to get the voters to doubt Joe Biden. 232-1542 is the number, or use the KPL app chat if you want your voice to be heard. Talk with you guys there. Talk with you all on the phone. We'll take this break. We'll be back here on The Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL And good news. Thanks to Chris for sending in a message. Marjorie Taylor Greene is an opportunist. Absolutely. But because he sent that message in, I now see that on the app chat, the show finally has its own selection. You don't have to send a general message anymore. You can send to the Joe Cunningham Show on the KPL app chat. Finally, we've made it. It feels like the show is real now. Thank goodness. So if you want to send a message to the show on the k app chat, download the k app if you don't have it already. You should. But if you don't, go ahead and download it. Up in the top right corner, there's a little text message looking icon. You tap that, select the Joe Cunningham show if it's not already selected, and you can send a message to the show. Thank goodness we have the option now. Feels a little more real, feels a little more personable now. All right, so getting back to what's going on with the impeachment inquiry. So again, the the, the problem for Republicans is the math. They barely have a majority in the House, and there are House Republicans who are still on the fence, Rep- uh, representatives like Ken Buck, a couple others. They're very skeptical about it. They are worried about how taking up this fight and then inevitably losing the fight will affect them in 2024. And I don't blame them for that. I know some folks are like calling them cowards, saying they don't want, you know, they, they're, they're too scared or whatever. It's more pragmatism than anything else. They want to focus. They want to focus. They believe that there is something there. They believe that there is too much smoke in the room, that there is a fire somewhere they're just not sure that Republicans as a whole have found the silver bullet yet. There is a lot of evidence tying Joe Biden to the business dealings of Hunter Biden, but what we still don't know for sure, for sure, is how Joe Biden directly benefited from it. And that's what's holding some Republicans in the House back. Now, so even if they vote on articles of impeachment, and it passes, it goes to the Senate. You're not going to win in the Senate. You're not going to have a majority, much less two-thirds majority in the Senate. You're not going to get a conviction. But there is no timeline on an impeachment inquiry, and that's what's important. You have over a year. You can absolutely flood the zone with a Bunch of negative stories, a bunch of information about Joe Biden, and whittle away the American public's trust in Joe Biden and his administration. And that's what Republicans are probably going to take advantage of here. They're not in a rush. They're going to keep investigating, and now they have stronger subpoena and investigative powers to do so. But don't take your eyes off the prize for a moment. This still allows the house to force through a terrible spending bill. All right. We've got some more big endorsement for Jeff Landry, some stuff going on in the state. We'll have that and more here on the Joe Cunningham show. News talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham show here on news talk. 96.5 KPL 232 1542 is the number. If you want to be part of the conversation. So Jeff Landry received a big endorsement today today the National Rifle Association, has endorsed Landry joining a host of other political groups, including the state Republican Party, in backing Landry, who is far ahead of everybody else in the polls. Doesn't look like there's going to be much happening in terms of shifting the polls. There is tomorrow night a candidate forum at LSU for gubernatorial candidates. Landry won't be there either, like he missed last week's debate. And again, I I say the same thing that I said last week that I said when Trump skipped the debate. It's a perfectly valid strategy. In Trump's case, it's very early to be skipping those debates. It allows time for uh, the other candidates in the race to make a good impression. In fact, we saw that Nikki Haley has really shot up in the polls and in terms of people who are just showing up, showing her interest, giving her money, things like that. But the thing about Louisiana is... These debates are coming very late in the game. We're less than a month away from early voting starting, and we had a debate last week. We have a candidate forum this week. I think another debate's coming up soon. Uh, there, there's nothing to—most people have made up their minds by this point, and if they haven't, they're probably not going to vote. That's just the the fact of the matter here. Most people's minds are made up. And so Jeff Landry is running a much lower risk by not going to these debates. And these debates are not getting the type of coverage that presidential debates get either. But Jeff Landry, very far ahead, going to go into a runoff against Sean Wilson. The numbers show he's going to beat Sean Wilson. But of course, I do not trust Republicans to not screw that one up. But the Republicans looking very good. One thing I've noticed, um, one thing I've noticed is that there's a lot of races locally and statewide that you know, we're just not getting a whole lot of coverage on. So uh, I I know that a lot of y'all have commented recently, you want more local coverage. You're tired of all the national stuff. The national stuff's the big story of the day. But I also firmly believe the national stuff doesn't affect us near as much as our local. Near as much as our local. And we do need to focus on the local. So part of going forward through through election day. Whether I'm talking about one of the state or local races or not, I like having those conversations with y'all. So I've I've mentioned it before. I've mentioned at the end of every show, you guys can find me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham show or email Joe at redstate.com. You can go to the KPEL app. You can select the Joe Cunningham show on the KPEL app chat. You can call in during the show, 232-1542. If you've got a question about a local race or a statewide race, if you want my opinion on it, if you want, uh, I can try to find the information that I can on. There's not much polling aside from the governor's race. There's some polling, like most of the polling that you see at these races, it's all internal stuff. And the candidates are using that to guide their campaigns. Like I know of, I know of two for sure. Because I got polled in one of them, and somebody else told me about the other one. But there, there is always this polling going on. Polling is just, good polling is expensive. But, so I mean, we're not going to see what's happening in the Secretary of State's race. We're not going to see really many polls on that, probably. Uh, we might see something out of like a, a state House or state Senate race, but not a whole lot. Uh, because those races don't raise a whole lot of money, and, that, and and so they don't pay for the good expensive ones. They have some internal ones with their favorite pollsters, but you don't see a whole lot. But this is a local show on local radio. I'd give you a local perspective into what's going on at the national level. I give you some things you're not hearing from the national folks, uh, and I, I try to do a bit more analysis than they do but we can have the same for the local and state races. And so part of what I want to do, especially this election cycle on the show is if you've got a question or a comment or you just want to, you know, share your thoughts on a local race by all means. Feel free to reach out. We can talk about it on the air even if that's not the topic I'm I'm on at the moment. I don't mind, you know, we can shift the topic of the show because I do want to discuss those things. Case in point, we've got, I've I've talked about it before, we've got a mayor-president race going on. And you heard Mayor President Josh Guillory has an ad that's running on radio right now. His signs are all over. Between that, you can kind of infer a couple things. You can infer that his campaign has a pretty good war chest. And Guillory's strategy appears to be really largely flooding the zone, but also just reminding people, hey, I'm currently your mayor, reminding him of the reminding folks of the incumbency, reminding folks of the road projects, the drainage projects, the stuff that's gone on. Little jab at the media there too, because that's what he does. You're not hearing much, you're not seeing much from the other candidates. That typically shows that his campaign's probably the healthiest. In a local race and in, in in one of these State rep or state house rate, state rep or state senator races, you can kind of tell the health of a campaign just by the signage alone. It's not the only key. Signs don't always mean everything. But signs are a pretty good indicator, one of money, because that's not the cheapest thing in the world to do, but also support. Okay, you can't just go and put your face or your campaign sign on somebody's property. You got to get permission or a supporter asks for it and they get it. You can't just go around haphazardly throwing your signs out there. So it's a sign of support, but also a sign of money. Consider the signs you've seen around town, around Lafayette, around Vermilion, around St. Landry, wherever you're listening from, Consider the signs you're seeing. If you're seeing a whole lot of one person and not a whole lot of another, pretty good indicator. If you're seeing signs that are folded in on themselves, if you see signs that are uh, crumpled, they are falling over, they haven't been picked up in days, that's a sign of a campaign that's that's not really, uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's either not a healthy campaign, it's a campaign that's struggling, or it's a campaign that's trying to put out a lot of fires right now. Or maybe trying to start some fires, just trying to ignite some sort of passion in the voters. I mean, there are some races that are just boring. I know both candidates in uh, in the tax assessor race here in Lafayette Parish. That's the least sexy race you can imagine. It really is. But they're out there, and you can tell by signage. You can tell if you've been polled in that race. I know there are polls that have been uh, that's been done in that race. All that's happening, but you can tell the sign of a campaign and their health by seeing these little things. But the important thing, regardless of the signs, regardless of the door knocking, regardless of who you see out and where, regardless of your partisanship, regardless of how you feel about an incumbent or a challenger or whatever, the most important thing is being knowledgeable about the campaign, about the race, about the position, what the hell does a tax assessor do? What actually are the legislative powers in the state of Louisiana? Are they the same as in the, as in the U.S. House and Senate, or are they different? You've got a governor who has a line item veto. You don't really have that at the national level. There are some powers that are different at the state level, some powers that are different at the local level. But the most important thing that we can do, and, and everybody talks about the country and it's, we're broken, democracy is failing, whatever. The best thing you can do for democracy is to be informed. I disagree with some of y'all on things, and we've talked about that a ton. You guys have not been shy about letting me know you disagree with me, and that's fine. I love those conversations, too. But that's because those of you who disagree with me, you've gone out and you've done your own research. And sometimes your research and my research disagrees. And my opinion and my in, the way I interpret the information is different than yours. But if you are informing yourself, if you're if you are turning knowledge into a weapon for democracy, I'm all for it. It's really exciting time. It really, uh, it really is an exciting, I love election season. I really love election season. Now, Mike on the app, my thoughts on Hugh versus Blake. I'm assuming, Mike, you're talking about uh, Blake Miguez, Hugh Andre. Blake Miguez all the way. Blake Miguez is a solid conservative. Um, he has been a solid conservative. I mean, you've you've heard Moon talk about and you've you've also heard the stuff that's kind of come out recently, and actually a conversation when somebody called in on Moon's show the other day has gone viral from that. If I had my way, Blake Miguez. Absolutely. I think that's the logical choice. And I think that uh that that district, that Senate race is is one of the important ones. You have to get Blake Miguez in the legislature. You have to keep him in the legislature. He's a solid win for conservatives. I really do believe that. So, Mike, there's my opinion on that one. I think that, I, I got to think that Blake Miguez is the favorite there. He's just got, he's just better known. Um, Blake Miguez is often referred to in the media, especially local media. He gets a lot of coverage. Hugh Andre, not as much. And of course, there's a negative story going around. And when the negative story involves dogs, you can bet that's going to hurt. But anyway, like, like Mike on the app, if you want to share your thoughts or you want to ask a question about the race, if I don't know anything, I'll research it. I'll do what I can to figure out as much information as I can. We'll take a break. We'll wrap up the show here on The Joe Cunningham Show. Local elections matter. You guys, your thoughts on that matter too. Let me know what you think. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5. KPEL 232 1542 is the number, or you can send a message through the KPEL app chat. Shout out to Mike, Kenny, Billy, Joel, Chris, all of y'all who have been uh, messaging back and forth on the app today. And uh, a lot of those are familiar names, uh, frequent, frequent app chatters on the show. Love having y'all as listeners. Um, appreciate y'all listening in and taking part. And of course, if you download the KPEL app chat, you can be part of that conversation as well. If you have the app or if you are near a computer, do not pull up anything while you're driving, folks. I know it's drive time. I know you're trying to get home. Wait till you get home to do this. But earlier today, I got an email. And uh, it was, uh, here's what such and such looks like according to AI got me thinking. I downloaded an AI app on my phone, an AI art app. So I asked it what it thinks the mayors of a handful of different Louisiana cities looks like. And you can find that on Kpel's website, kpel965.com, what the mayors of eight Louisiana cities look like according to AI. It's kind of creepy how realistic it is. AI does kind of freak me out, but at the same time, like I, I can't, not look at it it's kind of like social media i know social media is uh well as a friend of mine described it you know in the bible uh when jesus came across a group of demons and the jesus was about to cast them out and they said please put us uh you know cast us out into this you know this group of pigs or whatever so jesus did and the the pigs turned they ran into the sea and they drowned social media is what happens when those demons die when the pigs died and the demons went back to hell they came back and they created twitter A friend of mine believes that i am kind of leaning up leaning against uh, leaning with him on that one uh ai is kind of the same way it freaks me out i know that there's some things about ai that are just not right but at the same time is pretty cool what it created. Like mayor of Lafayette looks like an old businessman who's lived in the community and is just trying to increase the business opportunities in La. I mean, it's it's really what it looks like. You look at it, you can tell it also looks kind of like a generic Louisiana mayor or governor or whatever. Uh, so that is on KPL965.com using AI to try to guess what the mayors of or try to create a generic mayor for eight different Louisiana cities. We have Alexandria, Baton Rouge, Lafayette, Lake Charles, Natchitoches, New Orleans, Opelousas, and Shreveport. What does AI think mayors from those cities would look like? So that's available on the website. If you don't have the app, though, really, you need to download. All the news of the day is there. The story about Jeff Landry getting endorsed by the NRA is there. We've got traffic news off, and we've got all sorts of stuff from the community and around the state, all for you to check out on the KPEL app. Now, I've got to go because my daughter is playing volleyball and I need to run to that game. So you guys, I'll talk to you in 23 hours. In the meantime, follow me, Joe P. Cunningham on Twitter, facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham show, email joe at redstate.com. The podcast version of the show is about to go up. If you want to read my columns, if you want to get the podcast version of the show, Joe joecunninghamshow.substack.com or just Google the Joe Cunningham show. You will find it. Check out the podcast. If you get your podcast from Apple, Spotify, wherever, get it, a, give it a rating and a review if you can. Uh, that helps increase the number of eyes that will eventually get to see it and kind of stumble across it. Want to grow the show, but I appreciate you guys who are here every day, and I will talk to you again tomorrow right here on News Talk 96.5. KPEL.